From Studio 303, it's the Caravan Library of Lore, Stranger Than Fiction News, bringing light to unknown stories around us. A Wisconsin man let a dog lick him. Now his limbs have been amputated. Greg Mandefell lays in a hospital bed at Frothert Hospital in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Surgeons have had to amputate his legs and hands after he contracted a rare blood infection from a dog lick. Frothert and the Medical College of Wisconsin infectious disease specialist, Dr. Sylvia Price, says the infection is rare, adding that 99% of people with dogs will never contract the bacteria. You can read more of this story at thechicagosuntimes.com. Scientists successfully transplant lab-grown lungs into pigs. The procedure brings scientists closer to one day providing bioengineered lungs for humans. These bioengineered lungs, described online August 1st in Science Translational Medicine, developed healthy blood vessels that allowed pigs to live for several weeks after surgery without medical complications. You can read more of the details at sciencenews.org. And a new study finds it's harder to turn off robots when it's begging for its life. Robots designed to interact socially with humans are slowly becoming more and more common. They are appearing as receptionists, tour guides, security guards, and porters. But how good are we at treating these robots as robots? A growing body of evidence suggests not good at all. Studies have repeatedly shown we are extremely susceptible to social cues coming from the machines. And a recent experiment by German researchers demonstrate that people will even refuse to turn a robot off if it begs for its life. The robot told test subjects it was scared of the dark and pleaded, No, please do not switch me off. You can read more of this story at TheVerge.com. And a new radio telescope picks up mysterious signals from space. The observatory in Canada may have already found clues to one of the newest mysteries in astronomy. A new radio telescope in Canada is doing its job picking up mysterious signals from deep space known as fast radio bursts or FRBs. The Canadian Hydrogen Intensity Mapping Experiment in British Columbia detected the first ever FRBs at frequencies below 700 MHz on July 25th, and the signal was named FRB180725A. You can read more of this interesting story at CNET.com. NASA contest finalists show off their Mars habitat models. Yes, we have yet to successfully send humans to Mars, but we are already starting to think of how we can stay there for long stretches of time, or even for good. NASA launched the 3D-printed Habitat Challenge back in 2015 to find a suitable artificial housing for the first wave of Martian residents. And now the agency has narrowed down the contestants to five after seeing the realistic virtual models they've created. You can see the pictures and read more of this interesting story at Engadget.com. And out of Queensbury, New York, a New York couple claimed they saw an unidentified humanoid. The man who sent the anonymous report said that he and his fiancée were driving near Queensbury, New York, when they spotted the strange figure a week ago Sunday at about 12.15 a.m. Quote, I was driving, we pulled off exit 20 southbound, and our car came to a stop. This is what the man reported to MUFON. The eyewitness adds that he proceeded to put on the left blinker and look both ways of the road. 
and he noticed a tall, slender figure dressed in black with stick-like features. He said the entity was about 50 feet away and standing in the middle of the road. He believes it was approximately 10 feet tall. You can read more of the details of this at CryptoZoologyNews.com. And Chinese couples are hiring love testers to check their partner's fidelity. Online entrepreneurs in China have found an ingenious way of profiting off couples' paranoia. Renting out love testers who do their very best to try to seduce one of their partners in order to check how faithful they really are. You can read more of this creepy details at oddityCentral.com. And now it's time for this week's fun fact. Boring Oregon and Dull Scotland have been sister cities since 2012. And in 2017, they added Blanchire, Australia to their League of Extraordinary Communities. Boring, dull, and bland. And that wraps it up for this edition of the Stranger Than Fiction News. And now... Let's head into the forest and across the creek to the caravan of lore. Come, walk down the winding path. Don't mind the spooks and monsters. They stay hidden within the trees. There are mysteries in this world that you need to know and paranormal truths that need to be told. Come, step up into the caravan while we share tales of old, as well as new accounts about things you thought only existed in your nightmares. Your dreams are a key to your hidden emotions, possibly something you weren't wanting to face. Your subconscious trying to tell you something. Or perhaps they are a window into our past lives, showing us important messages that pertain to us now. Welcome inside the caravan as we travel into the world of dreams. 12% of people dream in black and white. Hi, Jennifer. <laughs> Hello, Vanjie. Did you know, then this is a fantastic topic to talk about dreams because for the millennia of the human existence there really is no defined definition as to why we dream uh, there are scientific terms behind it but why we dream and where do those messages actually come from but I find it um, this is a perfect topic to talk about I also found out that there are blind people that see images and dream as well what kind of cool dreams or dreams have you had um, that you'd be willing to share um you know i've had several i think one of my earliest ones and i know that we talked about it before on a past episode uh was my god godjura <laughs> dream <laughs> um, right it's uh you know, consisted of me, you know, he's, he's in my neighborhood for some reason. And this, you know, this was a reoccurring dream. It had to have happened once every year for several years 
but he just appears in my neighborhood and he's like looking around and he's down the street and I'm outside at the time and I know that I just I've got to get in my house and I've got to hide under my bed so I do that and then I realize oh no I've left you know curtains open so I try to get everything shut but I can feel his footsteps he's getting closer and so I dive underneath my bed only to realize that I forgot to shut my own bedroom curtain and so when I try to peek out to see if he's you know looking or not to see if I can close the window or the curtain mm -hmm. His eye is right there, and he sees me, and he rips the roof off of my house, and that is where the dream ends. I had a reoccurring flying dream as well. Uh, it was a Halloween night, and I was out with my friends trick-or-treating, and I met a witch. And this witch told me that I should come with her. That I wasn't like the other kids. No, <laughs> this mean, is a Hansel and Gretel story. <laughs> yeah. Right? And so, of course, I go with her. And the dream, all of a sudden, you appear, but you're underneath a bridge. Like, we're talking, like, big Golden Gate Bridge. You're underneath on the, on the rungs. The pylons? Yeah. And Okay. And we're talking, and she's like, you can fly. And I'm like, what? And she's like, seriously, you're one of us. You can, I mean, and this, sounds, this sounds so lost, boys. <laughs> but I had, and I uh, swear that I... was I, going Harry Potter, <laughs> but that's okay. Well, yeah, and I hadn't seen these movies back then either. And, and so she, all of a sudden she dematerializes. And I'm left there on this bridge going... How do I get home? So I, I take that leap of faith and I flew. And the craziest part about it mm -hmm. was the sensation. You really felt like you were flying. And I've never felt the sensation any other time in my life but in my dream. Mm -hmm. It was so realistic and crazy. And then I would say that my last, the last significant one was it had started out where I was hanging out with my friends and we had a tree house and when we all climb up the tree house we're hanging out and all of a sudden the tree falls over and everybody's yelling and they're scared and everything and this and this happened over and over and over again until finally one night during the stream I realized wait a second and I stopped in my dream and I just looked around and everything was happening the same and right when everybody were climbing up the tree like because I realized I was predicting everything that was going to happen and I told everybody wait a second it's okay it's a dream right. this is you know this is just a dream don't worry and they're just like, they look at me like I'm crazy. I don't think I want to be in this dream. I wonder what I can do. So I decide, boom, I don't want to be in this dream anymore. And all of a sudden, boom, I'm transported into this other dream. But th this one, I'm running downstairs in like the type of stairs that would be maybe in a, in a hospital. They're, but they're like industrial. Linoleum, shiny, right? Yeah, okay. and, and real quiet. Like it seems like nobody goes in those stairs. Mm -hmm. And I'm running from 
these, um, this two-headed Rottweiler. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want to be in this dream either. And as I, <laughs> as, as I running down oh, this the this is Harry Potter. Oh. <laughs> Boom, it switches. And now I'm standing in this, like, house. But people are touring the house. And I'm just kind of looking around, and it's kind of dark. <laughs> Only to realize that everything was made of candy. <laughs> and back to Hansel and Gretel. Okay, this witch really had the effect on you. Hmm. I'm serious, and I remember watching people eat. The house. <laughs> yes. They but, were eating the house, they, huh? Yes, but you could uh-huh. you ha- you went through this house into this candy world. You could eat the trees. <laughs> you could eat the- <laughs> so it's wow! Like the Willy Wonka factory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, and I remember just feeling grossed out, like, <laughs> like people's hands touch these things people walk on that grass and and i'm just like ew <laughs> you know like i'm not gonna eat you are any of such it. the germaphobe um <laughs> right yes. even even in your dreams even, you're still a germaphobe i am i am and then i was like grossed out and, and i remember just going i'm done with this that was it for that night and i had woke up no two things that that I want to touch on before I do forget. Uh-huh. Uh, one is the flying sensation, and that you said you've never had that sensation again. Uh-huh. I find it most fascinating, and when we do talk about dreams, this is one fascinating part about it, is that if you ever did have that reality to be able to fly without an airplane, but yeah, let's say technology your body would experience probably the same sensation. So then where did the sensation come from that your body was able to experience flying the way that it did? Mm -hmm. It's like knowing the taste of something that you've never eaten before. Right. Oh. And I I find that whole concept that the mind has already produced this much information Mm -hmm. to something it's never experienced. Right. No, that is fascinating when you bring it up. Right. Well, of course, you know, I'm not making fun of the fact of the Harry Potter thing and (laughs) and Hansel and Gretel, but it's it's something to draw off of. Mm -hmm. It's something that that's where these stories come from, daydreams or night dreams. Mm -hmm. And, you know, look, some of the most fascinating stories that we know about were actually dreamt up. You know, That's true. Yeah, fr- from horror to you know romance stories, all this stuff you know comes to you in a dream, and here you write about it. Mm-hmm. You know the famous Beatles song "Yesterday" came to Paul McCartney. He, he dreamt the song and woke up, and he still had it in his head, and he started writing. Mm-hmm. He had the melody in his head, but then he started writing lyrics to it. Um, so where all this information is coming from that the brain has the ability to construct it in a way that is actual reality, even though the brain has never had that experience prior to that. Uh-huh. So there's a lot of science yet to be discovered, and we still, I don't think, are any closer to answering those questions regarding the dreams. REM sleep is when we go into these dream states, uh, rapid eye movement, and 
you know, to science, it occurs every 90 to 120 minutes of sleep. Your, your body is totally paralyzed during the REM sleep. I, I'm assuming that science is pretty close to knowing that as an actual fact, but for people that they have, you know, researched in, in uh, sleep studies, and they're all monitored, so on, they see that the body is not moving other than the eye, right. and assume the fact that, yes, the body is completely paralyzed, and that's where we have our most vivid. I had um, a reoccurring dream, but... It wasn't, isn't it strange, and I don't want to keep throwing and bouncing off the walls here, but isn't it strange that sometimes in dreams you're in the most unusual situation, but it's perfectly normal. <laughs> yes, hence the candy It's house. perfectly <laughs> normal. I had dreams growing up that the house that I lived in as a child mm -hmm. was completely filled with water, and oh. it was a swimming pool and it was the greatest thing I could swim around the house it was almost like the flying sensation only oh, wow. you could swim around the house and everything was normal and they're normal but yeah come on what are the odds of you being able and I would be kind of bummed out when I'd wake up and oh, oh <laughs> there's no water to swim in no I know there was so many dreams I remember waking up from them and feeling so disappointed at the, mm. that it wasn't real. There was times where it really took me a while to realize that, wait a second, that all that just happened was not reality. That was just a dream. And then I, it would take me a little bit of time to reorient to, you know, how things just mm -hmm. regularly are. Um, right. Me personally, I cannot recall any dreams that I have had that I knew that I was dreaming. Now, like uh, you said... You knew that you were in a dream. Right. I, I've never woken up to this day in my life saying I knew that I was in that dream and I could conduct or command where to go in that dream. I, I haven't been able to reach that point yet. And I know there's a lot of people that are very much into that, um, whether it's the out-of-body experience or whatever, however scientific you want to take it. I have never been able to control or manipulate that that I can recall. Now, we forget 50% of our dream when we wake up on average. When you wake up in the morning, you're like, wow, that was crazy. Oh, wow, it's time to get up and go to work. Or it's, I got to do this because so-and-so is crying. And, and you don't keep repeating the experience that you just had and you forget what that dream was all about so it's wow. possible that maybe i did experience being able to control my dream i just do not recall ever having that experience unlike what you mentioned in your story of here's a witch and you're left on a pylon under a bridge and how do i get home you knew that you were dreaming no, I mean you want to you want to change your dynamics of your dream and you're conscious about it. The tree, I don't like this. I want to move to another dream. Mm -hmm. To me, I have not been able to say yes. I've had that same experience. Maybe I have. I just don't recall it. But well, the for me to be able to is called lucid dreaming, dreaming. and it's something right. that you can definitely learn to do. Um, mm -hmm. One of the biggest uh, ways to do it is in the morning journaling 
As soon as you wake up, you, t you keep this dream journal. And it doesn't even have to be when you wake up in the morning. Let's say you're sleeping, you know, you go to bed at 10 o'clock, you wake up and it's, it's midnight or it's 4 in the morning, um, whether it was once or multiple times, you just start writing. And, mm -hmm. you know, um, maybe, maybe you just, if you don't remember that you had a dream, just write a page or something. But it, it gets that, it gets all of it out. And then um, you can reflect on it later, and then you can bring into um, into those things. There's lots of dream journal or dream diary. Uh, what are they? Uh, dictionaries, huh? Um, mm -hmm. That you can reference as well if you think that something particularly stands out. There's also there's certain stones that you can keep underneath your pillow. There are certain herbs that you can um, whether you burn them like incense or infuse water or what have you um mm -hmm. they're also supposed to either help lucid dreaming or help bring on clairvoyant dreams you know it's definitely something i personally believe that everybody is capable of learning to do yeah well i i've never researched it enough to be able to say okay i want to experience the lucid probably because i feel i'm too busy all the time <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time to go and dream and be able to, you know, manipulate my dreams that way. But it, it would be interesting to be able to expand that experience somewhat. On average, most people spend up to six years of their entire life dreaming. That's amazing. But, but, sure it is. But Could you imagine amazing. running that six years all at once? <laughs> hmm. Right. Viewing everything, even the things that you had forgotten. You know, here's yeah, another thing. Going from the nightmare to the good dreams. Mm -hmm. Well, what I'm fascinated by, and something that I'm really wanting to practice and learn is, you know, not only do I want to do the lucid dreaming, but there's part of it where you can meet up with people in, in your dreams on this astral plane. And mm -hmm. there are people that, you know, it's one of those things where you... You think of the same thing. Basically, you're thinking of each other in the same way, right as you're falling asleep. And you just do this every night, and then, um, and then you're, you know, you journal every morning. And supposedly, um, you'll start to meet up, you know, in that in that dream world together and experience the exact same dream. Kind of an inception type of thing mm. from the movie. Or y'all just kind of tie in mentally on the same plane. Right. Yeah, wouldn't that be a neat experience, though? Mm -hmm. uh, and then to be able to communicate with that person after the fact of going, yeah, that was strange. I know, right? What about that boat that sailed by us? <laughs> right. Yes, yeah. And yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I could only imagine that in itself would probably be more fascinating just talking about that experience than actually going through that experience. Right. Hmm. Exactly. Um, I will say this uh, to our listeners who are a little bit more intrigued. I do have two herbs that can help with uh, clairvoyant dreams. One of them is pine. And it says here to burn crushed dried pine needles to... Um, you could either purify a room, add it to a bath sachet for cleansing. Um, you could either take that and put it underneath your pillow. Um, 
do, you know, purify and cleanse your room with it right before you go to sleep. Uh, the mm-hmm. other one is rose. And it says here, the flower is used for love, fertility, clairvoyant dreams, and healing. The rose was said to be one of the flowers that sprang from the blood of Adonis. It's burned dried petals to produce clairvoyant dreams. You'll have to have to let us know if you experiment and uh, if it works. I would love to know. Hey, Jen, let's take a break and get a word from our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to continue this conversation of dreams and my personal experience with the marching band. Here's a way Coke adds life to summertime fun. Because for a limited time at participating area stores, when you buy a six-pack of Coca-Cola in returnable 32-ounce bottles at the regular price plus deposit, you get a free Funny Fooly Iron-On decal. There are three different designs with colorful art of a hot dog, a hamburger, or hero sandwich. Great for ironing on your T-shirts. Look for these free iron-ons in cartons of Coke and money-back quartz. Yes, the summer months are upon us, and we have you covered with Caravan, Library of Lore, T-shirts, and tank tops for men and women. But soon our favorite fall season will be here, and we have warm, comfortable Caravan hoodies and hot beverage travel mugs, too. Find pillows and blankets and kids' items, too, at thecaravanoflore.threadless.com. Again, thecaravanoflore.threadless.com. Get a little closer. closer. Now don't be shy. Closer. You can get, you can get a little closer, closer with Arid Extra Dry. Only Arid has a patent on this formula that fights wetness. No leading deodorant spray stops odor better. And now Arid has a new baby fresh scent. It smells mmm. Get a little closer, closer with the baby fresh scent of Arid Extra Dry. Arid fights wetness and odor. Now in a new baby fresh scent. Join the caravan every Monday night for Caravan Movie Night at Facebook, the Caravan Library of Lore group page. Oh, welcome back. Hello. So, uh, yeah, that was interesting before we went to break there about the uh, the whole idea of what you brought up as far as those tools that you can use that you may even have around your house. I mean, dried pine needles, not really that difficult to find that you might have around your house that uh, can enhance this whole dream experience that, and I will research more on that unless you would like to share that with me and our listeners, uh, which is some of those tidbits that we can all try and see if that actually enhances our dream experience. Yeah. Um, I remember, again, it's funny how we remember a lot of our dreams from our youth. Even though I've had very profound dreams as an adult uh, that I do recall, but some of the ones from my youth, 
uh, I think it really kind of scared me because here again is a new experience that I've never experienced, but I remember one where I was laying in bed and I apparently fell asleep, but I'm dreaming of, from my perspective, as if I'm awake in bed and I'm hearing a lot of noise coming from the downstairs of the house and I got up out of bed and there was a marching band oh, wow. playing in our living room, marching back and forth and they were very sinister looking, very, very sinister looking. And wow. it terrified me. And I remember running back upstairs and climbing into bed and, you know, throwing the blankets over my head. But apparently that was a dream because there was really no evidence of anything in the house. There was a marching band. And I mm -hmm. think my mom and dad would have been a little teed off had there been a <laughs> yes. ghastly marching band you know, marching through their house at the time. Indeed. Now, is that a haunting experience or is that a dream experience? I kind of categorize that later on as, to me, as a dream experience. So that whole effect of, you know, again, I, I'm left, you know, shrugging my shoulders, putting my hands up in the air going, I assume that that was a dream. You right. know, as strange as it may sound, I don't think it was a haunted experience. It could have been. I, I'm not saying nothing's, you know, impossible, but, you know, they do say that dreams are very symbolic and there were a lot, of, a lot of emotional states that I was faced with at that age as a child. So maybe that was manifesting itself somehow. And I've never really researched, ooh, what does, you know, a, a scary marching band represent? <laughs> I don't know. I know we've all had, we've all had dreams that are just so far out there mm -hmm. and somebody that I know had such a vivid dream that he felt it was a an experience right. and he doesn't understand why but it involved a girl and it involved her taking him and watching the destruction of this planet in a very violent way Wow! and it affected him very deeply where he's talked to me about it on a number of occasions that it was so real that you could feel the fabric of the dress and 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 wow. he would recognize her in a crowd of girls right of he course. would be able to pick her out now something that i'm not really sure of mm -hmm. but science says you cannot dream of faces that you already have not been exposed to but that almost seems counteractive uh, to the point, not counteractive isn't really the right word, but if you can experience what flight was like without ever experiencing it, mm -hmm. maybe you could have faces that you've never seen before. But, you know, the science research says, no, you cannot dream about faces you have never seen before, whether oh. it's on TV or whatever. You have to be exposed to that face visually well, Before, well uh, here's the mm. question though what if i looked at you and um ryan my mind made a face you know took aspects of your face like maybe this person that i created had ryan's eyes but your nose but you know right that kind of a thing and and created this face technically that face would not be a face that I wasn't exposed to. Because it's both of This your is faces. true. 
But yet, and I don't... it's unrecognizable to me. Because I wouldn't know yeah. that my subconscious mind was doing something weird like that. No, that's true, and I don't think I can recall, you know, faces. It seems to me that everybody I've had contact with in my dreams that I can remember, whether I knew them by name or not, it, it, they seem to fit. They seem to have belonged there at that time. Um, you know, you, you know what I'm saying? There was, like, no strangers in the room that... I didn't have some sort of comfort with them being there. Now that's a little separate from having a nightmare where you don't want the entity there. But if there's a group of people, it's usually everybody is supposed to be there. This is the way it's supposed to be. Is everybody supposed to be there? And I'm comfortable with all of them. Right. And again, I I'm, can only assume... Uh, that most all of us that may be listening, including the entire world, may have that same experience. So there's some feedback about the faces. Uh -huh. um, and here's a couple of them that are written here. Uh, I've definitely dreamed of made-up faces, for example. I once dreamed of a cruel old lady with a thimble-shaped nose. Demon look like anyone in real life didn't look like any character I've seen. Wonder where this fact was pulled from. And there's another one here. Uh, my dreams are vivid. I dream all the time of faces I've never seen before, sometimes so clearly that I could easily draw them. Wow. See, so these are kind of interesting that I'm not the only one that kind of disagreed with the you can only dream of faces that you've already seen. Right. Uh, Here's another one. So you're trying to tell me that the imaginary and creative process of dreaming can construct new places, creatures, ideas, and events, and that sometimes precognitive <laughs> pre dreaming could exist, but you cannot construct the basics of a new face. Sounds a little crazy to me, too. I think wow. you could probably dream of faces that you've never seen before. Well, then the other or otherwise pareidolia wouldn't exist. Right, that's true, but there's also the thought process of like, well, what if what if this is, you know, what if you enter an, a different universe? You're asleep in this body in this lifetime, but then your spirit goes off into another dimension. So then mm -hmm. but then you wouldn't really be sleeping or dreaming, I mean, you'd be experiencing an, an alternate reality and therefore the faces that you would meet would definitely be new or if it was um, the past life thing maybe all these faces you don't recognize them now because it's not your life now but these you know think of all the faces oh that's that an interesting seeing. take yeah that's something I didn't think of but yeah what if you're past life experience is bringing up those images and people once again right very interesting take right hmm. here we should share some um, dream dictionary things with people just for fun okay um, if you dream of a cup a full cup symbolizes prosperity 
but an empty cup predicts hard times ahead. Um, a door. Ringing a bell or knocking on a door that does not open indicates that you think of yourself as a failure. The same applies to purchasing something and having no money to pay. And how about, let's go with, um, mm, letters. Seeing or receiving a letter in a dream symbolizes a message. The content of the message depends upon whether the dreamer felt positive or negative about the letter. Mm-hmm. I like those. Those are kind of cool. Mm-hmm. How about dream sequences in TV shows and movies? <laughs> you know, when you see those sequences done, it's like, wait a minute. I understand that movie makers would have a really difficult time recreating a dream. Mm-hmm. You know, like the wonderful Mitch Hedberg once said, yeah, I dreamt that I was building a go-kart with my landlord. You dream of the most obscure things, and then in these dream sequences in movies, everything is so perfect and constructive that nothing morphs or changes like it does in a dream where a bookshelf is actually morphed into the kitchen. And then from there, it's morphed into a church. And then it morphs into something completely (laughs) different. And again, it seems normal when you're experiencing it, but when you see the recreation of dream sequences in movies or TV shows, it's nothing like that. And it's almost a letdown and disappointment. It's like, who has dreams that clear and in color and nothing changes? The conversations that you have seem pretty normal. I don't know. It's just the Mr. Critic side of me that comes out when I see stuff like that. But, you know, the the cup runneth over, yes, means great wealth. I think in my case, the cup is probably full, but it's on the other side of the locked door. And I got a letter that says, sorry, you can't get through the door. (laughs) (laughs) There's my luck. It's like, oh. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't know. Again, science and the whole dream experience itself... I've often wondered to myself, you know, when we pass on from this life, um, is this what our experience is? Is this what our new reality is going to be like? And then we start to learn how to control that reality a little bit better um, in a dream state. It's just just a thought, people. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not. I know everybody has their own beliefs, and I respect all those beliefs. It's just a thought process that I had. I don't know what your take is on it. (laughs) Look, you know, there's a pretty conclusive, and I would have to agree with it. Again, it's just a study. We don't have the final answer. But why do we have nightmares? We have these terrifying nightmares. Why? Why would the body do this, or why would our mind do this to our body, into our entire being of who we are, to terrify us to this point? But it could be, and this is pretty fascinating research done into this, that it might possibly be our way to cope with a bad experience that may happen in our future, where we won't be so terrified because now we've already been exposed to 
a really horrific event or person or creature or whatever it may be, and we handled it in our dreams, and, and it breaks us in to be able to handle these obscure, terrifying events that might be around us with a little bit more composure than if we were never exposed to it. So maybe it's our mind schooling us on how to deal with traumatic events. And it comes in the form of a nightmare. Wow. And it makes sense. It makes sense to me personally. I right. could go along with that diagnosis. Yeah. No, that's kind of, wow, intense. Right. I uh, don't want to deal with some of the uh, nightmarish situations that I've dealt with, but, uh, <laughs> you know, in dreams, that would be kind of crazy. I don't think I want to run from a two-headed dog down a, a creepy stairwell. <laughs> no, 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 no. That was enough with Fluffy in the Harry Potter series. Yes, Although true. that was three heads, but yeah. nonetheless, still a Rottweiler, uh -huh. a multi-headed Rottweiler. Yes. That's that's pretty terrifying. Exactly. Got any other strange dreams or hmm. nightmares that you may have had that you definitely remember? Let me think. Do you know who Mary Shelley is? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The author of Frankenstein? Yes. Well, when I was really young, and I found out that she dreamt the whole story, wow. or the concept, rather, and then drew the story mm -hmm. of reanimation of the dead. Right. I was so blown away by that. I'm like, oh, and I think... She was probably the first person that I was ever exposed to that had created something from a dream that she had. Yeah. And it was kind of inspiring to me in a way that, look, even long ago, people were having really dark dreams and writing right. horror stories from their dreams. And where was all that stuff being manifested from? Right. So even though the sign of the times back then may have provoked a lot of these nightmarish type of stories mm -hmm. that were written. Right. I, that was my first exposure was Mary Shelley. So, Well, I can say one thing. Um, something that I find is odd, um, and I would love to hear people, you know, you can email thecaravanoflore at gmail.com. You can send us a private message on Facebook. You can leave a comment below the episode. Uh, mm -hmm. One of my uh, reoccurring dreams that I have now, and it's it's been going on since 2006, is re-enlistment dreams. And it's in it's always in different forms, but I'm always re-enlisting. And there's just mm -hmm. this, I've got Military to service, right? Yes. Yes. And it's, I've got to mm -hmm. go back. I have to go back. And it's just this in, intense, like, you know, so then when you wake up from it, it, it's this lingering feeling and it will stick with me for a week or so. And it's just that it weighs really heavy. And I have mm -hmm. spoken to other people who have been in the service that are no longer. And they say that they have the same dreams, even some of the, down to some of the details and hmm. it's fascinating to me that some, you know, that there would be so many people have the exact same dream after something like that, you know? Right. 
Well, it's happened to me. I mean, I've had the reenlistment dream as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you did service for or in the United States Air Force. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, I have had the reenlistment dream, but I think I've probably had the high school dream more than the reenlistment dream where I'm back in high school again. Oh. So maybe I had unfinished business in high school and, mm. and I'm always trying to take myself back there to complete whatever the unfinished business is. Right. I'm not sure. Wow. I mean, I graduated high school, but it, there was, look, you're a young adult. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of new exposures to your life through high school. Right. You know, things really start to blossom and, and, coming of age so that might have a lot to do with the revisiting of the high school and of course then you wake up and you go i'm way too old to be back in (laughs) high school but it was fun while it lasted thanks for the ride Mm -hmm. yeah now so yeah yeah, the re-enlistment that's uh I, i have experience that i would say just in this conversation probably off the top of my head maybe four or five times that I could recall of having the reenlistment dream and being back in basic training and Mm -hmm. trying to correct some of the mistakes that I made Mm. uh, because your mistakes were clearly identified in front of a lot of people (laughs) that you messed up and it's, you know, it's humiliating, but it's also part of the process that you go through in any military service. So Mm -hmm. interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. I do remember being in the service or, or in basic training. Mm-hmm. I was unable to sleep, and it didn't dawn on me until after the fact, once I was out of basic training, mm. that I had an allergy to wool. Oh, right. And the wool blankets right. is what you had to cover yourself up with in yeah. basic training. And I, I, it was horrible. Yeah. It was, and I had no idea it was an allergy to wool. Oh, yeah, it was miserable. I couldn't sleep because I was constantly coughing and miserable. And, of course, my bunk mates were pretty ticked off at me for keeping them up all night, too. And, of course, you <laughs> I... had your daily routine there afterwards. You better have it together. Oh, yeah. So, no. yeah, it was pretty stressful. I, I, got, I was lucky. I, you know, number one, I, I didn't really dream. I don't ever remember dreaming while I was in basic. And then I was so still. I'd I'd get like, I'd get in my bed all like, shimmy down into it to where everything <laughs> was still tucked in, and uh-huh. I would I would seriously I'd 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 lay there, just straight, and I'd wake up in the same position. So my bed was never horribly sleep like a soldier, <laughs> soldier. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I was always really lucky when it came time to get up and hurry up and get dressed so yeah wow see those days don't exist anymore but i know what you mean (laughs) yes because of course you know you had to be able to bounce a quarter off your bed once it's made (laughs) and if it didn't bounce off the bed well then it gets flipped over and torn apart and you had to do it all over again so yeah you really didn't want to mess things up too much but (laughs) thank you very much in our graduated life in which we live in now (laughs) I don't care. I'll flop around on the bed like a dead fish and get up in the morning and everything's a wreck. And I'm like, yeah, I can make it after I have my breakfast. I got No big rush. I was like, I was far enough back in the beds, in the rows of beds, 
that when they'd come in, they they flipped over everybody else's and they stopped right before mine. <laughs> so mine never got. What flipped. they got tired? <laughs> I guess <laughs> maybe maybe I just had like a protective thing around my bed. <laughs> wow. Did they, what did they refer to the destruction of your dorm room as? Do you remember? Oh man, no. The armadillo. Does that ring a bell? No. Uh. Uh-uh. No. No. They did, mm. There was like no specific name for it. It was just a. Oh. Um, and it only happened in our first three weeks, and mm-hmm. and it was only in the morning. Yeah. I know we're we're getting off subject but it, we're not getting off subject. Exactly. This is just a reflection of where things manifest from. Oh man, you know they what? They referred to it with us as the armadillo came in because basic training Jennifer and I both served basic training in the Air Force at Lackland Air Force Base mm-hmm. in Texas just outside of San Antonio. So our our flight, which is the group of people in which you are enlisted with that are going through training together. Mm-hmm. Uh, our TIs or training instructors mm-hmm. would come in and of course things would get destroyed when you were either out marching or whatever and you come back to your dorm oh. and everything is completely destroyed <laughs> and then you were given 15 minutes to get everything back to ship tip top shape perfect right. and they said yep well the armadillo came through here and destroyed your bunks now make everything perfect again oh wow it's like oh man we didn't get that <laughs> no it was only it was only in the mornings that something like that would happen never when we were gone um but i mm. did just think of something that would be really fascinating to hear about is um if there's any person out there who has served who did um, Night Watch in BASIC mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and experienced anything, I would love to talk to you because I am telling you, being up in the middle of the night in that dorm room mm-hmm. is, it's like a different world. At least it was mm-hmm. for me. There was a lot of activity going on there. Activity as in unseeable activity or activity just as far as the dorm itself was no concerned. unseeable activity it was really it was wow. it was odd i mean there was sounds huh. and that i mean there was nobody else in our dorm but yet you could hear huh. stuff moving or footsteps as if it was right there with you really mm-hmm. huh. and oh yeah <laughs> it just had this creepy feeling i mean Maybe I could have just been out of my element there at the time, but I, at the same time, I don't think so, because some of the other girls were mentioning things, and of course, you know, but it, the nature of the Night Watch itself is also not a very positive, you know. Right. So. Um, I had to do Night Watch myself, or Dorm Guard duty yeah. is what it was referred to as. Right, dorm um, guard. And you had the grammar school desk that you got to sit in. So A, it was super uncomfortable because now you're a full grown adult sitting in a little kid's Oh, I didn't even you know, get elementary schoolroom desk. And yeah, you could take notes or whatever. I don't know, maybe that's all they had readily available at the time when I was enlisted. But um dorm guard duty. Well, you go through basic protocol on what to do if you are on 
dorm guard duty. Mm -hmm. You cannot let anybody into the dormitory unless they have authorized clearance mm -hmm. and they show you ID. And uh, I happened to be on dorm guard duty when there was a knock at the door, no. and it was pretty early morning. It was probably 2 or 3 in the morning. Oh, man. And uh, on the other side of the door was those typical heavy-duty wooden doors that bolt lock right. on my side with a little square window right. reinforced with the wire mesh. Yes. And I knew who the guy was on the other side of the glass, but I couldn't let him in until he showed me identification. And he happened to be the um, uh, master sergeant mm -hmm. of the entire flight. Right. So what happened? <laughs> well, he kept demanding. He kept demanding that I open the door, and I told him, "Sir, I need identification, sir." Right. And he started pounding on the door while he pulled his keys out and unlocked the door and was pushing against me to get in. And I slammed the door shut and broke his finger. <gasps> this is a true story. Oh I broke God. the man's well, was finger. Was he testing you or was he serious? The whole point was I don't know. Oh, what I do know is our training instructor had his office and sleeping quarters in our dorm. And, of course, it woke him up, and he came out, you know, yelling and screaming, what's going on? Now half the flight has now woke up from all the commotion that's going on. Oh, really? And he let the master sergeant in, but I never suffered any reprimand because of it because I followed protocol. Wow. And, of course, he went to, he went to the infirmatory and got his finger you know, braced up with the splint and so on. And I heard about it, therefore, afterwards. But he never confronted me about, you know, me doing wrong, me doing right, nothing. Mm -hmm. There's no disciplinary action. I do remember my training instructor, Sergeant Streets, mm -hmm. uh, did say, well, you did the right thing if he didn't show ID. But I never knew why he needed to get into our dorm in the hurry and in the panic manner in which he wanted to get in, unless it was a test. Right. I don't know. I have no idea. Well, <laughs> so there you go. That that was my dorm guard duty story. Wow. Well, you know, it, it was weird. The, I, I did have something strange happen when I was there. And, it, I mean, it fits for the caravan, and I don't really have any other reason to bring this up. I, I don't see in a foreseeable episode, so I'll just share it now. Um, one night we were going out to dinner, and I remember we we they issued a lockdown. And I remember telling you about this. So we issued, mm. they got issued a lockdown and they were saying that there was somebody over the sky. Like, and, mm -hmm. and I didn't understand who it was, what was going on. Um, they did confirm that it was not a drill. And uh, we were, so we had to go back to our dorms and, and we stayed there for the remainder of the night. And I remember the very strict, um, our, our TI seemed a little extra unnerved and was very, mm -hmm. you know, hard about like, okay, this is the protocol and this is what you must do. And nobody, you know, can come in and all this stuff. See, we didn't have anybody stay with us. No mm -hmm. TI stayed in our dorm. Ah, uh, okay. And, um, you know, and it was, it was creepy because there was two rooms that had two rows of beds, but we only used one of those rooms. So this whole other half was completely dark. Plus the room that 
the TI would come in and sit down and when we'd have class, that was all dark and everything. And mm-hmm. so anyways, um, I remember we were talking about this and I looked it up and the dates coincided with a UFO incident that actually flew over the same area. That's crazy. I remember you telling me this story. Mm-hmm. Yes. I know. And I think you and I actually sat down and did a Google Earth. Yeah. And you were able to pinpoint the location of where you were at at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never saw anything personally. All I know is, is um, you know, what I personally experienced and, and the hushed whispers from everybody standing in line and and... You know, the action of all the people in charge. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was it was crazy. But yeah, anyways. <laughs> Back to dreaming. <laughs> Back to dreaming. Um, this has been a wonderful episode. And uh, I definitely want to hear about everybody else's dreams. Again, you can email thecaravanoflore at gmail.com. You can leave comments, um, gosh, anywhere on YouTube on our Facebook uh, underneath because it always posts on our Facebook page. We also have a Facebook group that you should definitely check out because we also have Monday night movies. Mm -hmm. Um, And those have been a lot of fun because we view the movie and we'll be talking um, in a group chat along with watching the movie, which has been over the moon fun for me. Um, Oh, it has been great. And thank you to everybody that's participated. Mm-hmm. Yesterday's movie, Nastaraftu, yes. was uh, was a lot of fun. So thanks, everybody. Yes, we can't thank you enough. We're excited for next Monday already. Um, mm-hmm. I want to give a shout out to Victoria and Jera, our two newest uh, patron members. And Yay. Uh, that became members as well as Peter. Um, thank you so much for your patronage. We are excited to um, shower you all. You're welcome. <laughs> yes. Inside the creepy <laughs> caravan. Yes. Yes. We are excited to shower you guys with gifts and uh, surprises. And we're not mean Germans in the creepy caravan either. <laughs> no. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> but yes, welcome. Yes. Welcome in to the creepy caravan. Right. Yes. Now sit down and be quiet. <laughs> And let us scare you. Well, yeah, no, I mean, so I would, you know, if you're listening to this and if you've been curious about our patron, I would definitely go check it out for $9. You can be in our members group. So there's a, it's a closed group. It's the Creepy Caravan. And in there you get all kinds of behind the scenes stuff. I, I posted a blooper uh, earlier today because I was trying to record a welcome message. And <laughs> and I just kind of goofed it and turned it off, but I, you know, I couldn't help but laugh. So I it's worth it. becoming a patron <laughs> just to watch that video, people. <laughs> Believe me, it's worth it right there. <laughs> if you want to see see a real live alien, yes, there you go, <laughs> exactly, yes. yes. <laughs> and uh, let's see, um, we were also going to let members. Um, Put in their ideas for movie nights so mm-hmm. they can help us pick our movies. And Everybody gets a voice. That's right. Everybody does. Um, let's see. What else was there? Oh, yeah. We'll be, there, there's giveaways. All kinds of giveaways, especially um, upcoming merchandise that has our logo on it, 
which I'm really mm-hmm. excited for. Uh, so you should also check out our Threadless in case you just can't wait and need something now. <laughs> you know, fall is coming up and there's two different kinds of blankets. There's hoodies and there's travel mugs to keep your coffee in or tea mm-hmm. or soup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Caravan of Lore dot threadless dot com yes exactly exactly and then if you um don't want to become a member uh we do have uh our second tier which is just five dollars a month and that's where you get your name on our episode page and our show notes hall of fame and you get a uh reading once a month with me just a little tarot your name is tattooed on my heart too by the way (laughs) With a great appreciation. Yes, exactly, exactly. So we are we are so grateful to you. Even if you do just $1 a month to show that you are cheering us on, your name as well will go down on the uh, members or on the show notes hall of fame. And then we'll shout out your name on air too to let you know mm-hmm. that we've And our Facebook Live. Yes, that's of true. Of course. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we love you guys. If, you know, we wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for you, so. That's right. Well, we would. Our audience would just be kind of really (laughs) a drag. But (laughs) I do have to say the Caravan Library of Lore has some of the most amazing listeners. Lore lore folk, yes. Truly amazing listeners. And people I haven't even met or talked to yet. Mm -hmm. So, Thanks to all of you for making this possible. Yes. This sounds like a PBS commercial almost. <laughs> we love you, everyone. <laughs> That's more like Christmas. I should I should save that for Christmas. Yeah. Do a tiny well, Okay, tim. we'll save that. <laughs> Edit. Thank you, everyone, for joining us yes, thank for this you. dream edition in the Caravan Library of Lore. Good night, Jen. Watch your step, lest you move on death. It lay there cold, eating underneath your last breath. Hold your tongue, still I've gone. The beast that follows is close, but we'll move on. Turn the tide
Oh